Lit words affect, effect, and infect our lives. They have the power to create a threefold movement of change that we've determined or termed a triple effect transformation. The word of God is living and it's active. In this podcast, we share lit words from the Bible that have the power to activate and change your life. They're short, inspirational verses and lessons with applications that, if applied, have the power to energize your life and bring transformation to you and the community that surrounds you. Let's jump into today's Lit Word. All right. Yeah, I loved um, the just the simplicity of the moment because I was sitting here strumming this guitar, honestly, just not feeling like not feeling like I could really get it today. <laughs> and um, you got it. You got it. You got it, Holmes. Um, so I was, I was sitting here just like, man, I know that there's like a, a tangible presence of God that's just so good and it's so magnetic. It's so real. And there's like nothing more that I want than for all of us to experience that. And sometimes it's like, it, it shows up and it doesn't. But, um, when Amy popped up and she said, Something about the, the aim of the scripture was like the spirit speaks with words that are like groans, right? Like, yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> Bring it. Yes. 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 Yes, which when I'm, when I'm sitting here in this moment, there's only one thing that I really feel like we should be teaching. And I've gone all kinds of different routes on this over 20 years of ministry. Like there's a lot of times where I'm like, hey, let's just get the word, make sure they understand the word. And there's, there's really, I've boiled it down to this. Like I really think there's one thing that you need to know and it's how to enter into God's presence. It's like you need to know how to enter into God's presence. And there are times where you're, you're trying to and you just don't feel it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course you know what I'm talking about. Raise your freaking hand. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. You're just not feeling it, right? That's where those groans come in. It's where just like, just like playing that guitar, for me, I get to play the guitar because I discipline myself to learn to play the guitar. Trust me, I wasn't good at it for a long time. For you, you might not be playing a guitar. For you, it might be just putting on a little bit of music, right? For you, it might be, um, I, I don't know the best way, it might be sitting on a rock, right? I like to do that too. And like looking at trees, like, I genuinely love to look at trees. I was driving out um, with Amy going to Vegas a couple days ago, and I'm like, wow, those trees are beautiful. And I'm like, she's like, pay attention to the road. I'm like, I am. But I'm, I'm watching 
creation. And creation is a way that I connect with God. It was not like that before being saved. I did not care about trees at all or sunsets or anything like that. Mountains did not say majesty to me. But now, because the Spirit's awakened my heart and my mind, those are small ways that I learned to connect with Him. And so, for Grady, for Maggie, for Remy, for Caden, for all of us, we need to know how to connect with Jesus. And so sometimes I'll just sit here and play the guitar and I'm like, wow, this is kind of like quiet and I don't know what's going on right now. I'm groaning. That's what's going on. Like I'm personally like yearning for God's presence, right? And I'm hoping that you're doing the same thing, that we're kind of learning to do that together because in there, something happens. It'll happen. I don't know if it happened for you while we were worshiping just now. Sometimes it'll happen for the person sitting next to you and it won't happen for you. But other times that'll reverse. But the Lord will just show up and be like, sing, right? And you're like, whoa, I just felt that, right? That was crazy. I don't know what just happened. That's because there's an openness to God's presence. And so we, we have to be open to God's presence. And you have to learn how to do that. Like even on your own, when you're like super sad or you're super mad or whatever, you got to learn how to do that. Um, it's the most important thing is knowing how to get in God's presence. You, do you agree with that? Good. Because if you can get into God's presence, then all your problems, they just kind of dissolve, right? That's, that's why we want to be in God's presence. You don't have to worry about anything when you're sitting with the king. But when you decide that I'm just going to go do my own thing, the king typically sitting over here just going, hey, what's up, brother, sister? He'd even call you sister Maggie, right? Gosh. You're my favorite person to look at today, by the way. I have not. Oh, you're so cute. S who did what? My son threw a Frisbee at your face? Is that what you said? Isn't he almost 19 years old? And how old are you? Caden, what happened? She was the monkey. <laughs> oh, she caught it. She tried to wink and catch it like that. Okay. <laughs> Playing frisbee. Yeah. Hit her in the eye. Yeah, I think we all caught that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, geez. Yeah, sounds like quite a fiasco. Man. Okay, I'm going to run through, um, like, I've been telling you guys that I, I write these probably three, four, five, six times a week. It just depends. Um, I do it for myself, but a lot of times I'll post them. Uh, I'll post them on a blog, or sometimes I'll even um, talk them through, either through a podcast or video. I'm just going to kind of run through something that caught me from yesterday's devotional reading from uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and um, I want to put this up. I say this verse a lot, and the reason why I do is because it's definitely in my top 10 favorite Bible verses. I don't really know if I have, like, if I could say how many I have, but let's put up Hebrews 4. Um, there's a process that I want you to learn, and 
and this whole process is about you getting close to God. That's really what it is, and it's, it's a simple process. It's about, it's about you learning to get into God's presence, and this is a method that I've used. So I'll read the scripture, right, and as I'm reading it, I'll look and I'll, I'll highlight things that stand out. Sometimes it's just one word. Other times it's like a bunch of words, but you'll just highlight them. That's what Amy did this morning. She was reading something stood out to her, and it impacted her heart. We call that a lit verse. It's, it's one that the Spirit shines light on, right? And it's really important that you know how to do this. This is a very practical um, thing to practice. So yesterday, this hit me, and it's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We're just going to try to read it together because I think it's good for you to try to audibly say this, okay? Um, Ready? Begin. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Go to the very beginning verse of that. My favorite words, well, there's a number. It says the word, say the word, is living, say living, and say active. It's living and active. I titled this living and active, right? Living and active is critical. Wouldn't it be a bummer to read something that was dead and inactive? Yeah, we don't want a dead and inactive word. We want a living and active word. And so it's living and it's active, and it's kind of, there's this, there's this thing that, that it's called yeast, right? Yeast is something that you, that you put into bread, and it says a little bit of yeast works its way through the whole lump of dough. Put your hand up and say, I'm a lump. Yep. And so the word is yeast, and you're a lump. And what happens, yeah, I'm a lump. And, and what happens is when a little bit of yeast gets in, a little bit of living and active, in fact, if you look on the grocery store, it'll say active yeast, right? Active. It gets in and it works its way through every single part of you. That's the idea, right? It's what it's supposed to do. So the words living and active, it's sharp. It penetrates. It divides. It separates the, the bad thought from the good thought, and it points out when the thought is not right, you ever have not right thoughts? Just raise your hand. Okay, Spencer, thank you. Um, so, so this is where it gets even worse. I love verse 12. I don't like verse 13. Verse 13 is a bummer. Let's go ahead and read it together. It says, and there is no creature. Wait, well, you're supposed to read it with me. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. Wait a second. Put your hand up. Say, I'm a creature. That's weird, huh? You're a hairy creature. You like pet dogs, and you're like, oh, this is a really cute. You're like that. You're a creature. You were created. Creatures can't be very cool, right? Because you were made from dirt. Say, I'm dirt. Yeah. Say, I'm Joe. Yes, you are. So, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. That means that no matter what, I think about this sometimes. There's those big mountains, right? Big mountains. And there's these little teeny tiny ants that not a single human will ever see, but God sees them buried deep within the mountain. Isn't that weird? He's got tabs on everything, on everyone at all times, and it's not even difficult for him. There's no creature including you or me or the ant, 
that's hidden from God's sight. Let's carry on from the comma and the but. But all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him to whom we have to do. There's another verse that says, um, to whom we must give account. Oh, man, isn't that a bummer? Isn't it, really? I, I mean, there are things about me that I would never want you to see. Anybody else? You know what I'm talking about, them moments where only you know how sick and twisted you can actually be. Only you know. Ah, that's laid bare. There's no getting away from that. This has freaked me out for a very long time. Where do I go from here? Should I just stop talking now? There will be a moment that you just have to do. Ugh. But God, could you just forget about that moment and could you maybe close your eyes on that moment and when I did that the other day? And even though I knew better, Lord, um, could you maybe, you know, not make me give account for that one? You know what I mean? The older you get, here's what's really encouraging for all of you young dirts. The older you get, the worse it gets. The older you get, the more you realize you can't hide from your maker. Ah. When you're young, hey, do you remember, like, have you ever seen a, a, a little, like, two-year-old who has, you know what I'm going to say, huh, who has to go potty? A two-year-old. You know what I'm talking about when the two-year-old has... Mom probably remembers me doing this quite a few times. In fact, I think I remember it once, which meant I was probably like seven. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, oh, I have to go potty so bad, and so nobody's going to see me. You know what I'm talking about? And then all of a sudden, the room starts to smell really weird. And they think that because they covered their eyes... And because they don't see those that are looking, that they're not being seen. Man, isn't that crazy? Somebody say good crap. Good crap. So, I don't know if I'll keep going down the exact line because I felt like the Lord did a little detour here. Or maybe it was just me. But... I want to connect these two verses again, and it's really important when we connect verses that we look at context, okay? Because you can just grab one verse and take it right out of the middle of a chapter, but it really isn't like the context, right? Like you, it's not, you don't know what's going on before it or what's going on after it. So what's going on before this is it's talking about rest. Say rest. Any of you need any rest this morning? Any of you wish this service started at noon? Thank you. So rest is something that we actually need. And Jesus is the word. Say Jesus. Say the word. 
Yeah. Say, Jesus is the Word. He is the Word. Jesus is the Word. He is the Word. So it says the Word is, is his living. That means Jesus is living, and Jesus is active, and Jesus is sharper than a two-edged sword. And Jesus is the one who, through his Spirit, he, like, penetrates into our hearts and our minds, and he divides the left from the right. Like, Jesus is the one who does that. Say, Jesus is the man. And say, Jesus is God. And Jesus is the God-man. Yeah, he is. He's the God-man. And so Jesus sees everything, and, and he's paying attention. So I'm just going to read a little bit. So the goal of the word is rest. Say rest. I don't get that. I, I'm not going to go off too long because I don't have too long to go off on this. But I, as I was reading the context of this verse, I forgot what the context was. I can say these two verses without looking at the words. The word of God's living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. I can just go right through that. Got it right here. You know what I don't have is the context. The context is it's supposed to be for the purpose of the word of God is rest. Isn't that weird? Because whenever I think of the purpose of the word, it's work. It means like when I, when I get the word, that means I got work to do. I got to tell you about it. I got to tell my neighbors about it. I got to tell all kinds of people about it. The word means work to me. That means I've got it wrong. Say the word means rest. So I'm just going to read. The goal of the word is not work, it's rest. Sometimes it seems like a lot of work to get in the word, doesn't it? Does it ever seem like a lot of work to get in the word? That's a lie that the devil wants us to believe to keep us from getting into the word. It's like a trick. See, the devil is a deceiver. See, the devil doesn't want you to get what the word has to offer. He wants to keep you as far away from the word as he possibly can. He wants to keep you. Now, who is the word? Jesus. The devil wants to keep you as far away from Jesus as he possibly can right? And he does not want you to get into the word. Who is the word? He doesn't want you to get into Jesus because if you get into Jesus, then you're going to rest. And he doesn't want you to rest. He wants you to work. Filthy little devil, huh? What a dirty little trickster. He wants us to overwork. Work is effort, right? Work is is have you ever tried to make Jesus happy with your work? I'm just going to make him so happy with my work. He wants us, to, the devil wants us to wear ourselves out with work. So Jesus, who is the word, he says this. Let's put this, this verse up. This is Matthew 11. So Jesus, in, in his very simple words, Let's just read the first three words. He says, come to me. Wait a sec. Let's do that again. Come to me. One more time. Come to me. Who is me? Jesus. And who is Jesus equal to? God. And who is, it's a W word. And I just said it again. Jesus is the word. 
Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, come to the word. Are you following this? He says, come to me, all of you who are weary. That means tired or heavy burdened. It's too much. I'll just use Kenneth as an example. It's too much trying to run this darn restaurant, right? It's too much trying to whatever it is that's too much for you. It's too much. Well, I have a question. Are you coming to him? Because if you're not coming to him, it's just going to be work. But if you are coming to him, it's going to be resting while you work. Isn't that weird? It is weird. How can you rest and work at the same time? All right, here's what you're not going to get out of. You're never going to get out of actually physically working. If you, if you try to stop working, then you're going to have a pile of dishes, right? Because then you just can't eat. Because if you eat, then you have to work. That means you have to clean up, right? Wait, if you wear clothing, you have to wash it. That's called work, right? You're never going to get out of doing physical work while here on this earth. If you're trying to get out of that, then honestly, you're just going to be a bum, you're going to be lazy, and we call those bums, right? Not trying to be funny. That's the truth. You are always going to have to work physically. Thank you, sin. Say, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. And we're not talking about this Adam. That Adam, he's perfect. That's his last name, All right? We're always going to have to work See, the, the rest that's being referred to is rest for your soul. Do you know, what, the word rest, it simply means to cease from activity. Do you ever feel like inside you're just like, ah. you know what I'm talking about? But you're just trying not to be like that. You're just like, I'm fine. You know what I'm talking about? I'm so mad right now because I got to. My mom said to do homework again. I got to clean up the room. Ugh. You don't have rest in your soul. You're always gonna have to do your homework, and if not, you're gonna flunk. You're gonna fail. You're gonna be a bum. That's the truth. But you need peace deep inside. That is why we come to the word. Because it's living and it's active and it's sharp. And it does what Amy had this morning. It gives her some hope. Gives her some encouragement. If you don't Bring yourself to the living word, to Jesus, all the time. You will not have any rest for your soul. You'll be miserable. And guess what? I pray that you are. I pray that you find nothing to satisfy you other than Jesus. No amount of really good food. (laughs) 
sees candy. This, like, this is good, huh? <laughs> Maggie's like, yeah, this is so good. Here, catch, just kidding. But we look to things that are sweet and satisfy. I pray it tastes like heaven. You get what I'm saying? Let's keep reading. It says, take my yoke upon you. That means that it's like an egg, just like broken, right? No, that's not what it means. It's not talking about egg yolk. Do you know what a yoke is? Somebody under 18. Spencer, you're 19 and you're in college. I know you're 18. Somebody who's not trying to be a doctor. This is interesting. So the ox, come here, Mr. Ox. There's like a, he's a young ox. Look at him. Oh, look at how strong he is. Young ox. Oh, see, he puffed up. Look at him. Right? Old ox. Young. A yoke was like this. I don't, you've probably seen them. They would literally put them over the ox, like over their shoulders. There'd be two of them, right? You'll bring me one next Sunday? So, so Jesus is saying, hey, you're, you're going crazy over there. Take my yoke upon you, right? Hook up with me, young ox. And then I'm going to teach you to walk a pace that is the right pace because what happens is the young ox, they're, they're so full of muscle that they just want to just go, just like get stuff done. And the old ox is like, hey, man, slow down. It's like Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi. You know what I'm talking about? He's wise. Mr. Miyagi's wise. Daniel's son, not so much, but eventually he learns. Thank you, Kenneth. So it says, take my yoke upon yourself and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, say gentle, and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Yes. Is there more to it? I think we got a couple more. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Life's not easy. Life's not light. Life's not anything apart from Jesus. It's heavy, it's hard, it's miserable, and it stinks. Apart from Jesus, it's a bummer. It's called death, actually. It's not what we want. What we do want is we want to come to the word, come to Jesus, walk with Jesus. And is there any more to it than that? That was it. That's the bottom line. So, I won't read all the rest of this. If you want to, I'll post it up there so you can. I, I think our, our family's kind of getting it today, right? Like, you'll never be okay. I'll never be okay. We'll never be okay if we don't enter into his rest. And the only way to do that is to be in his word. That's it. 
So does that mean the Bible? Yes, it means the Bible. But beyond that, it means sometimes getting a guitar and groaning, right? It's sometimes it means playing worship music and just listening. But you've got to bring your heart every single day. The one thing that changes everything in your life is sitting with the Spirit every single day. I can't say it any more than that, I don't think. So, Lord, we submit to you. Oh, man, just as we've been talking lately, I, I just pray there's a hunger, a genuine hunger, a thirst and excitement in my own heart, in the hearts of those that are here. Help us, God, as we move forward to be those people that are walking in rest. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woohoo. There we go. Dang. Yes. So if you were encouraged by today's lit word, share it with others. When you find something good, give the gift away and help your friends experience the transformation that you are. Share this podcast on social media and tag us in the post. Help us get the word out for more tools and resources and to experience that next level transformation. Go to neilandamy.com. Pick up a traction planner today. This was a tool that was designed to fast track your progress and bring you to the next level divine destinations the spirit has planned for you.